0: Welcome to Incubate This, where technology and business come together to help startups start up. Brought to you by gotanappidea.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is Incubate This, uh, where we talk about how do startups start up. And today, we get a lot of questions about funding. What kinds of investment are there out there? When is it appropriate to seek one or another? Um, How do I know if I'm ready? Um, And then how do you find investment capital, you know, from all the different various sources? So we thought it would be good to just take a little time um, and chat through a little bit of this uh, and see if we can dispel some myths, alleviate some questions. Um, and like that. So,
1: and sell a little snake oil. That's right.
0: (laughs) That's right. Hey, you know what? Something about snake oil. (laughs) Uh,
1: You see how many snakes it takes to make a gallon of snake oil?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Where does the oil in a snake come from anyway? (laughs) Anyway. Uh, okay. So let's start with talking about, the different kinds of capital that are available. Okay. You've probably heard of angel investors. There's actually kind of sub-segments of angel investors. And the very first sub-segment where people generally tend to get early funding is friends and family. And angel rounds have sort of been re-termed in the last decade to sort of encompass all of these pieces before an institutional round, which is money from like uh, an investment institution or an investment club, venture capital typically falls into institutional rounds. Angel round used to mean this like middle segment between friends and family and institutional money, and now angel investment kind of has been reterm to encompass what was typically the angel round, but also friends and family money, early seed capital. All of these things are now kind of synonymous with angel investment. They're not all the same, though. When you're, when you're thinking about early investment money, remember that the earlier you get money into your company from somewhere else, the more expensive it is. So a lot of times uh, we are partners with Rocky's Venture Club, which is the oldest venture capital club in the country. Actually, I didn't know that. They've oh, really? been around in the, the longest. Country. Yeah. Wow. Um, and they typically work between 15 and 20 deals a year. They get over a thousand applications a year. And according to Dave Harris, who kind of runs the organization, he says that about 25% of those are just inappropriate for the kinds of things that Rockies Venture Club invests in. Things like, I want to start a restaurant or I want to open a bar or I want to build a heavy construction equipment company. Those kind of things aren't really in the wheelhouse of what they do. And so they have other partners that they kind of refer those people to. But out of 750 remaining applications in various stages of maturity, these guys work 15 to 20 deals a year. It's not very much. They are what you would usually consider like the entry into institutional money. So most companies who get a deal that becomes picked up by RVC have gotten capital from somewhere else first. And usually the very first place you go is friends and family. What does that mean? I go to my dad and borrow $5,000 to what? No, I mean, yeah, it could look like that, but...
1: It's usually a little more formal, right? Yes. There's some paperwork. And-
0: yes, exactly. And the way that paperwork looks is there's typically two different kinds of agreements that you might enter into when you're dealing with what we're calling angel funding in a friends and family or a seed capital or an angel funding. And both of these vehicles for the, the, the paperwork do not require a valuation on your company. And that's a really important point, important point, because if you set a valuation too early and you potentially devalue your company in a way that you shouldn't, uh, because maybe you have more revenue in your first five years than you thought or your first three years than you thought, and you've set the value too low. And so now you've given away more equity in your company for less money than you should have. Or you overvalue your company, and when you get to a point where you do actually have to set a value and institutional investors come in, well, now the people who invested earlier are getting a lot less than they thought for the money that they put in. So these two vehicles, which was great, you asked, it was perfect lead-in. These two vehicles, one is called a SAFE, and I can never, never remember what the acronym is. Something, something for equity, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a simple simple agreement for future equity. That's Thank right. you. I can never remember that. I don't know why. Um, and basically what this is, is it says, I'm giving you $50,000, $100,000. Sometimes I've seen people do a half a million dollar investment on a SAFE. And I don't know what I'm going to get in return for it. I don't know when I'm going to get it. And I'm basically acknowledging I may never see this money again. And if I do see a return on it, it's unlikely to be soon. And I'm not setting any restrictions or terms or minimums about that.
2: So this person who's giving you $500,000 in a safe, either they really you. believes in your idea yeah. or they gave birth yeah. to
0: you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, what I will say... We have seen companies that are beyond a friends and family round. They've actually, they're, they're working with seed investors. And these are fairly savvy investors who will invest. Buyer is a perfect example of this. Mm -hmm. They just had, he's not a friends and family. He's an investor, but he put half a million dollars on under a safe. Yeah. Now the other option in this category is called a convertible loan. And I'm going to tell you why an investor in these two options would choose the safe over the convertible loan. But a convertible loan is basically exactly what a safe is. It's saying, I don't know how much equity I'm going to get. I don't know at what point I'm going to see that equity or at what point I might see a return. But this is a loan and you're paying interest on it. Except that there's usually no payment terms. and if the company goes bankrupt, the loan is null and void. So it seems like a convertible loan should be safer than a safe, <laughs> but it really has the same outcome, except that from an investor's point of view, now I'm paying taxes on interest I'm not actually earning because there is an, there is an interest schedule, in and in a, uh, not a vesting schedule, a... Um, uh,
1: Repayment schedule. Yeah, right?
0: exactly you're just not actually making any payments against it. So I'm not actually earning the interest. It's accruing. Yeah. It's accruing and I'm paying taxes on it as if I earned it. Right. So why would somebody pick a safe? That's the only reason why. Because the risk is the same. The valuation question is the same. And on one hand, you have a tax disadvantage. And on the other hand, you don't. So that's why a lot of angel investors, early investors, seed investors, friends and family we'll do a safe versus a convertible loan.
2: Why would they, why, why would the inverse, why would they do convertible loan over a safe? Cause that actually happens a lot too. It I does think happen. Like with Techstars, I think a lot of those.
0: Yes, they are, are convertible, convertible loans wise. because they are taking a percentage of equity upfront. Oh. So, and I don't, I don't understand all the way that Techstars writes their deals cause I've never actually read one or seen one. Um, but, I know that there are some other more favorable terms and for them remember the interest is a business write off mm. and they have a lot of expenses related to putting time into companies that they can't get a write off on. So if they invest into a company and there's actual money they're investing and the tax the taxable interest that they're not really getting there's a business tax benefit to that mm. that makes it more attractive it for them to do the, that. Yes. Well,
1: that seems to me because the unique nature of their business is this, that is a cost of doing business. Yes. Whereas if I'm your dad and I give you the money, I can't write off no nope. taxes on accrued interest that I owe because I'm an investor. Yeah. Only. Yeah. So it's, is yeah. that because. That's yeah. Their so business? there's,
0: yes. So a safe is typically someone more like your dad or someone who isn't, a business entity investing in you. Whereas when a business a business entity invests, they typically want to see the convertible loan versus the safe because it's the same risk, but they have more benefits to their business from a tax standpoint and a write-off standpoint and a protection standpoint. Does it make sense?
1: Yeah. In a way it's actually good for them.
0: Yeah. I mean, it is. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Damned accountants. That's right. (laughs) It's all, it's all, it's like, why can't we just look at what it is? Why, why do there have to be all these different ways to do it so that you can beat? And then you could feel like you beat the man. Yeah. And that I think it's a game.
0: Yeah. It's all a game. It's absolutely a game. The entire tax code is one big game.
1: It's like that movie.
0: Which movie? The Game. Oh, <laughs> I love that movie. I do too. I love that movie. So that's early capital. And we have seen as little as. Fifty to $200,000 get invested in a company with this early capital before they go after their first round of institutional capital. And we've seen as much as, I mean, buyers close to 2 million. All on safes. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about institutional money. Institutional investors, which is where RVC typically falls, is usually when a business entity of some kind, and we would call this I'm I'm using quotes on purpose. Smart money, because these are people who do a lot of investing in risky, higher risk than normal stock market. FDIC, uh, FDIC insured, you know, bonded stocks and bonds and things like that. So these are people who understand the risk of what they're doing. A lot of times, like in RVC, you get anywhere from 15 to 30 investors that pool together to come up with the total raise that a company's looking for. And there's less risk than the pre-valuation. So so we can kind of say angel, seed, family, friends, money kind of comes pre-valuation. Institutional money is when you have to set a valuation on your company. Why do you have to do that? Because no institution is going to invest in something without understanding what they're getting out of it. Okay. So your dad is like giving you 50 grand.
1: He doesn't have to justify that to anybody. He doesn't.
0: RVC, they have to justify we're raising $500,000 for ABC company that pitched this product or service or whatever that they want to put out in the market. And enough people got behind it that we raised the half a million dollars. What are we getting in in return? If you have a valuation of $10 million on your company, then you know that that 500000 that you just raised is worth 5%. And so in exchange for giving you that 500000 we are taking 5% equity in your company. Now, does that mean that I necessarily have $500,000 worth of value in your company? No, no
1: it's just math.
0: Yeah, it's a, we, we, it's a different I,
1: unit of measurement. Yes. Share to a dollar.
0: Exactly. It's just a...
1: Con, it's a Currency conversion.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Daryl and I went to an RVC meeting uh, the last Tuesday of every month, RVC, Rockies Venture Club, does a mastermind meeting where they, you know, they have uh, entrepreneurs, all different realms of business, different levels. You know, some people have been selling in the market. Some people are still in the idea phase. Some people are, are getting ready to go after capital and they know nothing. Um, and they, they all get together and talk. And Dave is an amazing resource for that meeting because he's the head of RVC. He answers these questions just with amazing insight and knowledge. One of the groups, uh, one of the companies, he had two guys there, the CEO and the CTO from their company, and they had this idea for this game. And I won't go into all the details of the game. They were like, we're getting ready to have discussions with institutional investors. How do we value our company? How do you come up with a valuation? And I love the way that Dave Harris like kind of talked about all the different things that you might do. And then I looked at him and I said, yeah, but really it's just like throw spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. And he was like, yeah, you kind of got to go into a meeting with a number in your head, look at the market of apps or technology that's similar to yours in that geographical region and where are they valued at. Pick a number, go into a meeting, and see what happens. Because if an institutional investor sitting across the table from you says five and a half million, that's crazy. Like maybe three. Then the next meeting you go into, you're like, we were thinking about three and a half million. And then he's like, okay. It is literally mm-hmm. that unscientific. Mm-hmm. And what's crazy is you can actually pay $20,000, $40,000 to valuation firms and they will give you a number.
2: That may not be acceptable to to your investors, right? They may go, oh, that's way too low or that's way too high. Or that's way too
0: high. And it's not based
1: on anything more than your spaghetti.
0: It's based on like, which way is the wind blowing today? Oh, these people have all been in the three to four million range. Okay, I'm just going to sit right in the middle of it. Oh, but six months later, if if we're looking at the valuations, like, whoa, everybody's getting like six million
1: Well, that's interesting. Your value isn't really your value. Your value is relative.
0: Yeah until you have a stock that you can sell on a public exchange and you know because something is worth what someone will pay for it right that's that's the ultimate end goal but until you have that objective medium by which to define a value it's literally like what fish am i swimming near today you mean that's <laughs> what an investment in is in the ground first yeah
1: and that's Jen Nash, just putting a stake in the ground and somebody may say you put it in the wrong place.
0: Yeah. And you go, okay, we got to move our stake. But that's what,
2: an
1: object, uh, that's what an investment
2: is. It's someone coming to you and saying, I'm willing to pay this much for your company. Yes. Or in this case, I'm willing to pay this much for this percentage of your company.
0: Right. And right.
2: suddenly that stake has been put in the ground.
0: That's right. And a lot of times what you'll see happen is, you know, these companies, they'll have raised however much in seed funding and angel funding and whatever. And they'll go for their first uh, institutional round. And they'll say, you know, we're setting the value at $10 million. We need to raise half a million. That's going to get us through, you know, that gets us 12 months of operating. Here's, you know, what we're buying with that money over the next 12 months. And a lot of times investors will go, this isn't worth 10 million. Yeah. Maybe five. Which is why we say the earlier you get capital, the more expensive it is. Because remember, you have all those safes and convertible loans that are just sitting there waiting for you to set a value.
1: And uh, that value is not just a like an esteem issue. If we look at that currency conversion, that's that's kind of the key here. Going back to that, you know, if they've given you half a million investment against 10 million value, that's 5%. Well, if you valued your company at 50 million, it's only one percent of the company they own exactly. the company's going to be the company will be worth something that's much more objective at some point once people actually start trading or buying or you now know once like you, you said have the market you
0: to show yeah the market puts a, a value. value on it but yep.
1: until then it's a speculative value yep. and if you say ah oh, the company's worth 50 million then my half million only gets me one percent of what that future real value is so as an investor I'm trying to I'm trying to invest the fewest dollars to get the highest percentage of of value. And since it's dollar to dollar in the value.
0: Contrast that with the entrepreneur is trying to get the most dollars they can and give away as little as possible.
1: Our company is worth $1 billion. Exactly.
0: Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) So all of this to say... The earlier you get capital, the more expensive that capital is because you have no value. And when you set that valuation, the best thing, that is the thing that I tell every entrepreneur, the best thing you can do before you go after institutional money is get sales. Because real sales translates to better valuation than we're projecting this. Well, yeah,
1: show me. Many companies are are bought and sold. The price is set based on a... Revenue. A times sales yep. number.
0: Yep. It used to be in the early world of SaaS, you could get a 20X on whatever your annual revenue over the previous two, th- two to five years was.
2: Which means when you sold your company, they were going to pay you 20 times what your annual revenue Annual was. revenue, yeah.
0: yes. We've seen that number shift a little bit because of the nature of the SaaS marketplace and three-sided marketplace, like all these different distinctions. It's trending right now to more like between 5 and 10x. Mm. Um, it seems like the 20x sort of diminished. That that's, that's set at a much different premium and a much different level of company now.
1: Yeah, it's just not worth it anymore. Yeah. It, it's just not start company. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> you can't get 25x. <laughs> but to that point, so let's say... In the previous 18 months, you posted a million in revenue. That's a lot more valuable than somebody who says we were projecting a million in revenue over the next 18 months. That makes sense.
1: You know, a buck in the bank is worth a lot more than a number in a spreadsheet.
0: That's right. That's right. And,
1: And when the potential investor comes to you and
2: says, what makes you think that this company is worth whatever, you can go, well, all of these sales are what makes me think that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Silkroad.com.
0: Sure, he had lots of sales. So when should you go after investment capital? In the morning. Yeah, in the morning. (laughs) With coffee, you know. (laughs) What I tell people is a really good rule of thumb. It is much cheaper to borrow on consumer debt I'm talking credit card advances. I'm talking a second mortgage on your house. I'm talking putting a loan on your car, um, an unsecured line of credit. Even with those interest rates, it is much cheaper to borrow that way to invest in your idea and essentially bootstrap it on interest than to give away parts of your company too soon.
2: Okay, so I have a question.
0: Especially if the number is less than a hundred thousand.
2: So why that, why then wouldn't you just as, as a new business owner, why wouldn't you just do like they did in the old days and just go to the bank and get a business loan?
0: You absolutely can, and you that's can. a great option, especially under that hundred thousand dollar line,
1: because you're not giving any company. Away.
0: You're not giving your, You're not giving any equity away. Now, and you if you've are got pers- sales, you yeah. might have
1: the money coming in to make the payment.
0: And uh, you are personally guaranteeing that loan. That's the bank's going to look at your credit worthiness. They're going to look at your ability to repay your other obligations, et cetera. But. If you believe enough in yourself and your idea to get yourself to that place where you have real sales, you've created more value in your company and you've done it without giving anything away and you've proven to yourself and to other people, you have a market.
1: Yeah. Well, and that makes you a, a much more attractive purchase yes. later on because you can say, I'm all yours, baby.
0: Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> there's ex- nobody
1: with any dibs.
0: And execution's everything. So you've, you've said, I'm going to take the risk to prove that I can execute on the first however much of my business plan. And once you've done that, investors go, ooh, ooh, that's super attractive because you show chutzpah, stick-to-itiveness, you weren't afraid to take the risk yourself, and you got something done that produced some sales. It mm-hmm. doesn't even have to be a lot. It just needs to prove the model works. To prove that there is real money that can be made.
2: What kind of startups are are institutional investors looking for? I mm, mean,
0: it's a great question. Kind of
2: er, to your earlier point, RVC is not looking for restaurants, and they're not yeah. looking for bars. No. Um. So <laughs> what are group they looking that for? That does though.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah, sure absolutely. there. Are, I'm
2: sure there are some investors that oh, are yeah, especially are. if you're kind of like a high end.
1: Trendy club, bar, restaurant, whatever. There's probably Yeah, there's definitely for that.
0: groups that are specialized in different areas.
1: Because they have industry knowledge, but they all have, have backgrounds knowledge. in running restaurants. And exactly. They're probably the hospitality yes. industry, right? Yes. So, so the answer is
2: there are different types of investors for different types of companies. Exactly. RVC is
1: probably trending more towards technology companies, I would imagine.
0: Yeah. He- financial technology, healthcare technology. Um, what
1: about? Because we're in Colorado micro brews. Have they invested in any kind of brewery type places? No or, but or what about uh, dispensary type or you know no, cannabis? Industry? They, they, they haven't crossed that?
0: that yet either. Um, but they are investing in a lot of like outdoor companies and lifestyle companies. So
1: they're getting more into recreation.
0: Yeah. I would imagine that CBD or marijuana or something, they're, they're gonna go there but not till it's federally legal. Uh, because remember, not everybody in RVC investor is still and the banking. En- yes, um, yeah, there are there are venture capitalists, angel capital investors, seed investors, institute you know larger institutional investors beyond capital. When you get to Series A, Series B, all different kinds of organizations that would invest in all different kinds of companies and you want to find ones that are experts in what you do Yeah, because they're going to be the most. Yeah, exactly. You want investors that are not just putting money into your company. They're knowledgeable about what you're doing and they bring something to the table. That's a really
1: important point we didn't talk about was, you know, uh, it's all sounds like you're looking for investment money and walking around with hat in hand and you'll take it from anybody. But that's a good point to pick and choose who you're get, hooking up with. This is yeah. a relationship. Yes. And there it's, are some really bad investors out there who will take advantage of you. And you and start controlling, controlling the company.
0: If you have investors that aren't savvy, you can get <laughs> a skewed view of what you're trying to do. You can whereas get if them if,
1: hounding you like, why isn't this? Why isn't this? Why isn't this? this, why isn't this? Why isn't yeah. This? You're like, that's the way the business, you know. Yeah. Chill, bruh.
0: Whereas if you, <laughs> <laughs> Whereas if you get an investor who is knowledgeable about what you're doing... Sometimes you can go to them and say, okay, something's missing. Like you get a bigger advisory group. You know what I mean? And people are the absolute most important thing when you're doing an investment. The one thing I say, and I I put this in one of my therapy McNuggets, startup therapy couch McNuggets a while back. (laughs) That's the official name. Probably can't call it McNugget. Yeah. Yeah. I was um, thinking
1: of the McDowell's thing. I was going <laughs> to say a it's a Mac, Mac nugget, not <laughs> Mac nugget. Mac um, nugget.
0: Because
1: of Macs. Yes. Yeah. All
0: right. <laughs> uh, so one of the things I, I put on the startup therapy couch one week was don't skip over your team in your pitch because it is actually the most important thing. Teams and people are what it takes to execute on ideas. Don't blow by that. Put good people who know what they're doing, who are, Knowledgeable in your industry. So, for example, there's a guy here in Denver that did a pitch to the Golden Chapter of RVC a few, like two months ago. It's an outdoor company providing access to experiences that are provided by small mom and pop companies in ski areas that you may never find them because they don't have their own website or they're tiny and Mm -hmm. they get lost in all the traffic of Altera and Vale Resorts and blah, blah, blah. One of the guys on his board is Bodie Miller, he's an Olympic skier. And he, because he was a, the guy re, who started the company as the CEO, was a ski instructor through various channels. He got a chance to have a conversation with Bodie Miller. Bodie Miller said, this is brilliant. I want to invest and I want to be on your board of directors. That is a huge win for that guy. You don't blow by that in your pitch.
1: Right. Well, that's how Elizabeth Holmes did what she did. That that's really exactly is the key. exactly how she did it was that that list of names that she had on our board. Yep. So who who invests with you is not a private thing. You're going to want to be able to drop that in front of people like, I've already got money from these. Well, like like our client, Pup Tech, who got an investor named Nick White, who is, yep. has a show on the Pet Channel and is like the canine trainer to the stars. And he has a Wikipedia page. Um, you know, we like to let everybody know that this guy has invests with our client. You know, because, oh, really? Well, maybe I should get in on that.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah. And because Nick White owns the largest dog training franchise in the United States, there's not only does he bring money, he's one of the biggest customers so far. And he brings customers, yeah. Yeah. And he understands the problem that William's trying to solve. So when William puts something out there and asks Nick to give his feedback, that's valuable expert feedback right on right on
2: so why wouldn't i just go find a medici <laughs> and just tell them to give me some money <laughs> i don't know what that is the medicis they were the yeah. rich the rich you want italian patrons they were the patrons one. back in the day right like you didn't queen... have investors you had patrons benefactors who would give you money and that's how to, columbus to made his to america right? or whatever yeah, yeah. or
1: queen isabella Yeah, Uh, Isabella. Uh, I I don't remember, but yeah, they were the rich benefactors to Columbus. This is our trip. Paid for his trip to (laughs) the New World. Yeah, Nina Pinta, Santa Maria.
0: Hey, if you can find a benefactor, you should do that. Yeah, like no doubt.
1: I want to get a shirt. Will you be my
2: benefactor? (laughs) (laughs) Benefactor. Who's your benefactor? (laughs) Any idea how many deals a typical venture capitalist firm will do in a year?
0: Uh, Rocky's venture clubs, pretty typical Is between okay. 15 and 20, because the amount of the amount of work you have to go through to get institutional money, due diligence, um, all of the financial reviews, all the pro all the stuff, all the steps you have to go through. They're, they're intensive. Yeah. And that's why oftentimes like RVC uses lead investors, sometimes just one on a project, but usually two, maybe three, mm-hmm. uh, who shepherd companies and projects through the process. To get to the point where people are like, okay, yeah, we're writing a check.
2: At that level, how much, uh, how much is this going to cost you as a company just in legal Mm. to get that done?
0: Yeah, it's a really good question. (laughs) Attorney's fees are the most expensive thing outside of like salaried labor Mm. in a startup. And... You shouldn't skimp on it. Yeah. I mean it's hard to I can't I can give you a that. number. Right, right. Yeah. But I you guess, shouldn't I, guess I was asking
2: a question to make a point. Yeah. That's gonna be Yeah, it's a, a, a huge expense. Yeah.
0: yeah. Outside of your your labor costs, that's gonna be your biggest. And it should be because if you're promising equity value, you wanna make sure that the terms are not more favorable to your investor in ways that make it so that you lose control of your company or you're cut out altogether.
1: Yeah. You know, well, really anybody cares about and, and all that stuff is no surprises. Yes. Mm-hmm. That yeah. it will work out the way we're saying it's going to work yep. out.
0: I compare and it so to sad
1: that. We can't just, you know, have a piece of paper that says this will be the way we say it is going to be.
0: Yeah. I compare <laughs> it to a prenuptial agreement. So this is a document that says we're getting married because right now we think that's a good idea and we love each other. If at some point in the future things go sideways, here's how we're agreeing when we're being civil to treat each other. That's all it is. So, none of these agreements are designed for the company that hits it huge and every investor is super stoked. They're all designed for what happens if it goes bankrupt in five years or the idea never takes off or so that people feel like we can part. Yeah. We've spelled it out, so we can part friends. You know, we can part with no love lost between us.
1: Because when it happens, it could start to hurt. But then you say, "Well, this is what we agreed to." Yeah, this is is what we knew was a
0: possibility. Yeah,
2: and that I think that tends to work fairly well. You know, my my impression of of Silicon Valley is in situations like that, you do a startup, you get institutional investment, you get two million dollars, whatever. Yep. You do your company whatever it is, and it just doesn't work yeah. and it fails and you close, close the doors and your investors have lost $2 million. Oftentimes those same investors want to invest in your next company. Yeah. Right. Because to their mind, it's like, okay, you know now what not to do. Yeah. You felt the sting of that pain Yeah, and you're going to really push to make something out of this next round of funding that we're going to give you for this next idea. Yes. Exactly. So their way of thinking is not a bad thing at all. Which you sounds funny, doesn't it? It does. You know,
1: if Normally, if I come to you and it probably doesn't work with family and friends as much. No. Because yeah. if I invested the money with you and you, you know, I'm not going to do that again. Right. Maybe yeah. twice. Yeah. Um, but with the institutional, as Daryl says, that's a really different attitude Whole because different. they look at it as like, you got some street cred. You've got, you know, you,
0: you went got got through, through the bruises. hassles and you
1: know- You You know know what's
0: coming and you're still willing.
1: And like what Daryl said, you know, mistakes. You saw, you see some of the mistakes that you made that you won't do now.
2: And that's one of, I think the, the sort of shining aspects of our industry uh, to, to that end is we do embrace that failure. You know, I think that's one of the reasons why it works in this country. and you got it's no it's choice. fail. Sorry. But compared to a lot of other countries where you can't do that, yeah. you, you know, it's not legal to do that. And yeah. In our country, it's like, yeah, go do it. Yeah. Go make these mistakes. Go fail.
0: That's right. That's right. As long as everybody goes in eyes wide open.
2: Go yeah. make new Coke. <laughs> it
0: will open suck. Open Cola. Do you guys remember Open did.
2: Cola? It was no. an open source cola, open source Coke competitor. Yeah, it didn't go very far.
1: Ew! <laughs> it just was, yeah, like everybody's checking that stuff in. Right? That's gross.
2: <laughs> this was during the dot com boom. Uh,
0: and subsequent where you had bust.
2: Blues and beans. Hmm.
0: Last thoughts: If as much as you can, especially with something that is largely web, mobile app based, where where your product is code, bootstrap as much as you can get something tested out in the market, spend a little bit, 10 to $30,000 and spend it all on marketing and social media and get as far as you can so that you can prove to yourself and to potential investors and whatever that there's really something there because you'll just, you'll give away less and it will cost you less. Bootstrap, bootstrap, bootstrap. It's one of the reasons why in our incubator, we don't generally tend to invest in hardware companies very much. We love software companies because it's our time and that's what we're, you know, that's what our biggest investment is, but we know how easy it is to change code if we get it wrong or tweak something if the market's telling us, oh, we just need to go one degree this way and wow, the whole market opens up versus with a hardware device. <laughs>
2: I got to send 30,000 yeah. units into a trash can because-
0: yeah. And, and there's, you know, $5 a unit, that's $150,000 mistake,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: you know, and depending on what level of production you're at, there may not be anything you can do to fix it. Yeah. And you may, you know, depending on how good your attorneys were that you paid all that money for, you may or may not have warranties or recourse about that either. Right. So
2: which by the way is not a real world example is not something no. that Puptech has had to do we're <laughs> no, not no, having no, to throw no. away
0: no, no, 30,000
2: no, no. units we haven't even made no. 30,000 units
0: no 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 and puptech has done all the right things because one of the guys on the advisory board has built hardware products mm-hmm. and on the board of advi- the board of directors with me um he's built products like this so when williams like well we're getting this cost or um On this chip and, you know, Seth is like, wait a second. That doesn't sound right. Like, let's talk to more people, Yeah, you know? And so he, he can tell him what's valid and what's reasonable and what's not. And how do we, you know, he, he can help guide. Mm -hmm. Right. So again, and Seth has also invested. So he's not just on the board of directors. He's also invested. So again, smart investment, smart money, people who know your industry, people who can help you avoid some mistakes and who will understand the ones that couldn't have been avoided. All right, anything else?
1: Yeah, I think for me, this was really informative. And, you know, I've always thought about this whole topic is, if it were me looking for that money, I would be so focused on who likes me the most, you know, who can I convince the easiest who has the most money? Yeah. But we've brought up a lot of other issues of this is somebody that I'm getting in a relationship with, and there's a lot more that I need to get from here. And to not forget that you know, what am I worth? But don't go to that person and say, oh, well, my company's only worth a million so you can get 10% with $100,000. Yeah. You know, because then when the company goes through the roof.
0: You gave away a lot.
1: (laughs) Turning over 10% of what that company's worth. So, you know, keep, remember your your value and and look for all those other factors that we're talking about.
0: Awesome.
2: Anything? This is like, you know, back in my, Young boy days when I thought I was gonna be a famous musician who couldn't play any music very well at all The big thing back then especially was getting a label to sign you. Yeah, right And you have arrived once you've been signed by a label when in fact the reality was no It now it's now it's getting real now. You're just gonna start now the hard work starts, right? And I think there's a similar analogy here where people think oh, I got VC funding now. I've arrived No, now you got people who have Money in your company, and they and expect some. We
1: expect results. They expect results.
0: Yeah, but I think it's
1: okay to say
0: you've never been. In Go the get yourself a,
1: a large start. You know. Go get yourself a large coffee and enjoy, at least enjoy it. You know, yeah. it oh, is sure. validation. It is validation that, for sure. hundred percent. And it tells you you're going to be able to start taking the next step But that's steps. not
2: the goal. I think there's a lot of companies out there that think the goal is to get that venture capitalist funding. Well, yeah. no, that's just an instrument to help you achieve your goal. Yeah. Which yeah, is built
1: company. It's only a goal if you plan on skipping out at that point. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> So the last no, piece we shouldn't talk <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have to beat that. the that the last piece that I would say is don't be too quick in your pitch to investors to talk about your exit. Some investors get it. They're like, yeah, you want to build something and in five to seven years you want to be acquired and you wanna move on to the next thing. Mostly what investors hear is they're gonna own a percentage of a company that no longer has you at the helm. And if we remember that people are the most important thing. And you're saying you're going to be going away. Yeah. What am I investing in? Like, I don't know who you're going to sell it to. And yeah. am I going to want to be part of that? So be cautious about having an exit be your end goal and talk about how you're going to build the company. Talk about how you're going to create value for people. Talk about how you're going to solve the problem. Mm. Every investor wants an exit, but we don't want to, we don't want you talking about it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Just makes us nervous. <laughs> All right. So for Grant, Daryl, and Cynthia. You got it right. This has been GotAnAppIdea.com in <laughs> sponsored Incubate This. And uh, we look forward to seeing you guys next time. Uh, if you weren't aware, we do put these on YouTube in video format. And we also have uh, these in a podcast format published by most of the major, major aggregators. But if your favorite aggregator doesn't have incubate this, let us know, and we'll get it published. Uh, So we'll see you guys next time. Looking for more tips, tricks, and advice for your startup? Visit us online at gotanappidea.com. So we'll see you guys next time.